0: Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. I'm here with Lance, co-host Psycho. I'm Alex, co-host Gore. Uh, the title of this is, Are We in a Construction Crisis? Oh my goodness. And there's probably going to be a rant by yours truly Oh my goodness! about <laughs> it. <coughs> if you want to be part of the solution, I think one part of the solution, we don't have all the parts of the solutions, obviously, is to be in that trade of building. Uh, And if you're an architect listening, we've taken that leap and you can follow and not do as many dumb things as we've done. Um, It's called the Architect to Builders course. You can get that at architectsguide2.com, which is just T-O, architectsguide2.com.
1: It's on to me, Mr. Psycho. This episode is also brought to you by Pella Luxury. You have never experienced a brand like this before. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters. The pioneers of the industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. They have decades of experience creating things no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build on one another. They don't push beyond the limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. That's Pella luxury.com forward slash the firm today. Check out their link. They uh, sponsor this podcast. They help us. They help bring us to you every single week. So please... Uh, help us out, out by visiting that link, taking a look at them, and please consider them for your next uh, custom house or building that you guys are designing for, for the wonderful clients that you have. Telling you, their products are phenomenal. Uh, they all, they, and, and the best part about them, I think, is that their windows and doors are made to complement each other. Um, huge, right? I mean, you want consistency in your project? Check out PellaLuxury.com forward slash firm today. This episode is also brought to you by ArcCat with project conditions changing and limited... Time to get things done. It's good to have information at your fingertips. ArcCat.com provides architects, engineers, spec writers, and contractors with the most comprehensive libraries of building product content. We use it every week. I'm telling you, we are always over at ArcCat looking at stuff and designed so you can access it quickly and efficiently. Even better, ArcCat.com is free to use. That's my best. That's my second favorite part. You know what my favorite part is? Favorite part is it requires no registration. That's right, no data mining. None of your precious data is going to be mined by Arcat. That is not their shtick. So visit today and access the information you need now. That's A-R-C-A-T dot Nice, nice. Okay, Lance, are we in a construction crisis? Depends <laughs> on how you're looking at it, Mr. Gore. I would have to say that we are in a serious bind right now, stuck between people who are trying to build whatever they're trying to build up against rampant inflation and also rising interest rates while at the same time we are in the middle of them and a bureauc- bureaucratic mess of planners and builder building officials who take forever to build to approve their plans. So it is kind of a mess. That, that I
0: think over the past week, we've been going over this high-level perspective of it. Also looking at, too, that uh, the supply is low and the demand is high. Uh, Entree Architect Community, I can't remember what post this was, but one person brought up, I think it's in New York. Working in New York from someone who doesn't work inside New York uh, is, is terrible. Anyways, it was either the developer or the city that says architect must be responsible, must go and inspect and make sure every construction that construction meets, you know, like these codes and the way it goes. And, the and he was basically saying like, how can I do, I can't be there on site all the time. Like, um, I need to talk to my insurance. Like the liability for this is is huge. Um, so I don't know who that's coming from, but that could kind of gum up the process, but, what I want to discuss today with you is looking more at the nitty gritty, not just at that like high level yeah. issues that are going on. What is the nitty gritty? Because I'm bidding a huge project, uh, framing a house right now, and that's probably all I'm doing it. But I, I, I'm kind of seeing what's happening out there in the field. Um,
1: Does that haircut make it is it making your bidding process better? Well, why? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like all, I got a good haircut. He cut the curls off. He cut the beautiful golden curls off. What the heck? Yeah, <laughs> look, I can look at this. Look at this over here. I feel like I have an age-appropriate haircut. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can see us on YouTube. You can be the judge of that. Check us out on YouTube. (laughs) Uh, One is what we talked about on the high level, excess demand. And Mm. what that's doing on the low level, I've never had this before. Getting bids is like pulling teeth. I've had it a little bit, but never to the extreme. So one of those houses that we're doing is a multi-million dollar house. And it's, I have to pull teeth to get bids to award subs. You know what? He's not even a dentist. <laughs> not even. <laughs> You're out of today. <laughs> at it today. Just, just sitting there, <laughs> tying them down. Give me a bid. <laughs> Pulling their teeth I mean, out. What are you doing now? You're not even a dentist. <laughs> Some of these subs, their proposals are much as normal houses. So it's like. I have to pull teeth to get a bid out of you for yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. worth of work. It, it's crazy to me. It is like, that is insane. And I've heard like, sorry, we just swamped with all these bids, stuff like that. But that makes it very hard to put together a realistic budget to give to the client saying like, can you afford this? When can we do this? If it takes months to get bids back months, I've never had that. I've had two weeks to four weeks, the fifth week, whatever not months. So that that's happening out there. Mm -hmm. At least I'm seeing. Yep.
1: I'm with you, bud. It is like pulling teeth. I know. And that's, but that's the reason that's one of the reasons why I wanted to so badly have our own construction crew. Cause like, well then I'm bidding it. You know what I mean? I'm reducing as much as possible. Um, and I, I get where maybe it doesn't make sense for this particular project for us because honestly, like, we're only gonna do the stuff that really makes sense. We're not this. pouring concrete. Exactly. We're not it, most of it's concrete. Most of it's steel. Like, this is not in our wheelhouse. We're not even gonna attempt it. I totally respect that. But mm-hmm. just as a side, I thought it, it's worth bringing up. Yeah, it's.
0: Yeah. Inter- I did have the thought, like, man, if we stick built this, what would it be? I, mean, I know. Um, it wouldn't
1: be the same house, but yeah,
0: it wouldn't be the same house, but. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, the next thing too, supply chain issues. So then, when we get these supply chains, I mean these bids in, it's hey, this is six months out, this is eight months out, this is four months out. Hey, we have to get different materials. It's like herding cats, and that makes it difficult
1: uh, to put together. Well, a schedule. I think one thing you were saying to me was that um, you were like, it may right now with the lead times, it's making you imp- it impossible to plan. I guess what does impossible. that what does that even mean? Like, you just unpack it for me.
0: That in the city, so like, and dealing with like, uh, uh, XL Energy. Oh God, it, it's been a month and a half. I literally have to like, they will not reach out or do anything. It's like I have to bug them no matter. Excel? what.
1: XL? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, just to get the put it in perspective. The last the last. Um, project that I built, uh, which was a just a tenant finish interior, tenant finish commercial job, uh, I would have to call them uh, once in the morning and then once in the afternoon for about two weeks straight. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I got to do that. So here's an example. It's like, okay, if I can't get all these money, these numbers and these bids in, I can't give the client a final number to get a final approval, which yeah. means I can't start my f- first draw. <clears throat> my first draw then is dependent on Uh, Hey, we need a new transformer. The city is going to take their sweet time putting that in, right? So that's going to backlog when people who need power can get out there. Then uh, if windows are six months out, but skylights are eight months out, but the framing will be done in five months, like what is happening here? Like I can't, like we might, we might spend hundreds of thousands of dollars purchasing things before we even get a permit and we're already late like we probably should have spent those hundreds of thousands of dollars last month yeah you know but how do you say spend hundred thousand of dollars you don't know what your final costs are that's that's tough that's tough, tough for tough. me you know yep. that's yeah um the next city reviews and regulations uncertainty kills a project and that's what the the, the city review is doing right now it's Hey, we're basically ready for permit. Now we have to go through planning. Anytime you touch anything. Oh, you're planning, having to
1: go back. You're still having We to... did.
0: But we're in the middle of it. Okay. And then and then here's the thing like, "Hey, uh you're redoing this place, you're cutting down some trees um even though you're planting a whole bunch. Uh we have to charge you for cutting down trees on your own property." And then it's like, "Hey, we're planting trees on our own property and to to for us not to get a fine, like we're planting in the right away, which is also on our property. So then we have less of a, a fine. But then they say, no, we want to do our own stuff there. So not only do you get the fee reduction of planting trees, we're also going to charge you our own amount for doing stuff in the right away instead of you doing stuff in the right away. And it's like I get where you're coming from, but man, this is not making mm-hmm. this is not making it smooth or easy or it's just adding, adding to it, right? Um then we have, uh, here's another problem. Infl- inflation is increasing wages, so it's, it's hard for when these bids come in for them not to be high. Did you? Are you skipping over I am. There? I am. I'll come, I'll come back to that. Oh, thank you. I'll come back to that. And then also there's knowledge loss. So here's an example. The, this is an interesting point, the knowledge loss. I know where you're going with this, and I really like it. Okay. I'll give you the real world example because it, it's a fine one. I was talking to the window people this morning. Yeah. And they said, yeah, the bidder said the bidder for them said we could do this and this and this. He's a great guy. He's extremely knowledgeable uh and knows what he's doing. And and he's an older gentleman. She didn't say how old he was. Anyways, he's an experienced older, older gentleman. She goes, the problem though is he's not the one out there doing the work. You know what I mean? Like he's not the crew. So while he may know how to do it, it doesn't mean we have the crew and the staff to actually execute it. Like, we don't have 20 of this guy to be out there and just do it. Um, Man, I I should almost... Remind me. I'll write this down. Manufacturing. Okay. Yep. So, that's a problem. And then, here's another thing. The most solutions I hear of are
1: out of touch. Yes. They are out of touch. They are so out of touch. With reality. And, And I like the word that you're using. Novel. Because that's exactly what they are—they're novel solutions—and you're gonna—if you're gonna say, for example, so please keep going.
0: You just so, have to point that
1: out. Yeah, yeah.
0: I got an email last Friday, and <coughs> normally I don't—I won't respond after 5 p.m. on Friday. I'll wait for Monday. This guy's got a wife and kids, and and uh, this person said, "Hey, I want to talk to you. I'm doing a, a startup, um, and I <coughs> I have a novel solution." Did he say that? Yep. We might want to use ICFs, all this other stuff. <laughs> Um, it's also going to be well designed. It's going to be green and affordable. Yep. And, and I barely looked at it on Monday. I literally just deleted the email. Like, you do not know what you're talking about when you put all those words together. You do not know what you're talking yep. about. Like,
1: I understand the goal and the vision. Like, I like that too. And where it's coming from. Like, this is exactly the point of this part of the, this part of the segment. This 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 segment on the podcast yep. is we are we recognize. That we're in a crisis and we, there's some kind of, there's, there's some, there's a, there's, we got to pull out of it in some kind of way. So people like us are looking for some solution. Yep.
0: Yep. And, and here's what, like, it's just like, I, I'll speak for Lance too. Like I want clean air really bad. I would love all, all cars and all buildings running on, you know, fusion power and all that and be clean. But then I can't take is when like the city or these novel solutions from entrepreneurs is like we want clean but affordable. We're gonna ban gas and run everything on coal electricity. Be like,
1: oh,
0: what's going on here? What's going on here? Like it doesn't make sense. And actually, like this is a rant because I don't have too much of a uh, of a solution. I do, but I wanted to highlight these. Uh, on the ground level issues rather than just the, the high
1: level issues. Lance has a solution to us. So Well, number one, we uh, is the, 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 this is a very easy one. This is a very easy one, his. <coughs> we need to start having the discussion. It doesn't need to ha- we don't need the solution will come later. But uh, the discussion, I'm pl- trying to plant a seed in everybody's head. Everybody who's listening who is a member of the AIA. Everybody who is listening who is a member of like the National Home Builders Association. Or Entre Architect Community. The Entre Architect Community. Some kind of organization where you can get some numbers involved. We need to start having a serious discussion about allowing private sector entities to compete with the planning and zoning and building departments with during the review process i'm talking about a healthy level playing field of competition so that so that we aren't just stuck in this monopoly of of approval process with one entity only like this is unworkable that is one solution right there i i actually didn't think i'm not asking to abolish the government people who think i just lance hates the government yeah he does but like I recognize reality. Sure. Um, that's actually a decent solution. Oh, be- I'm Most saying of me it's be- one part of it too. Like no, obviously. No. Yes.
0: I agree. Some people will think though, you're only solving one problem, but Agreed. you're not. Oh. You're not. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because like, uh, I could call myself hi- hypocritical because I showed you the inside out house that I want to do where yeah. the framing is supposed stuff like that. Yeah. So like, Uh, Even I am searching for solutions that are green, affordable, um, things like that. But the problem is that it breaks the building code. But I actually don't think it – I think the benefits outweigh its negatives. It's not unsafe. It's not unhealthy. It's not even, you know, ungreen. It's just I'm doing it a different way that the codes will not allow because of everything that's going on. So after that one step, if you had competing – jurisdictions of approval one of them might be like hey we are the novel approach system and when you buy these houses they are reviewed by the novel approach system so you are not getting your standard house you know and you are aware of it and you know all this other stuff so like that's how it helps solve a, a different in a different it, way. It,
1: exactly. Like, it, it, exactly. It, it, it could, it's, it's beyond. Don't just, just try to think about the next step beyond that. That's all, with everything. Like, I really feel like we have a crisis of just critical thinking in America. about It's like surface level thinking. And I understand that everybody's, we don't talk about this enough. Frick, I think I sent you a text the other day. I thought was brilliant by, by Michael Malice, Al, about exactly that. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up, because I thought it was so good to share every, for everybody. Where is all of the... There's the photos. Um, something about, like, we don't talk about, uh, like, why 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 don't we talk about more in, in America about um, just how differently everybody thinks, and that there are people out there that will see a problem, and then... They are sort of autistic in the sense of uh, there's been studies about this. I'm not just blowing smoke up your guys' butts about like some people are so driven by finding the truth and the solution to the problems that it also is, it, it almost is a form of madness for them. And so they'll go all the way through like to the logical conclusion. And, and it's like they will solve this complex problem in their mind. Whereas some people just are like, well, the government's going to solve it. Or, or, or I don't know. You know what I mean? One, one layer. Oh, d- but do you. Honestly, like to, to peel
0: away what you're saying, are you literally saying some of the ways that we're doing s- stuff is so crazy that the actual truth appears to be madness?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kind
0: of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But
1: so, so that's like, wh- like
0: what we are going with Um, all these regulations for these pharmacy companies is pharmacy companies have um saved millions of lives. They've also killed hundreds of thousands of people and, and, and hit it and they knew about it too. Yeah um and where the solution you know like a lot of government solutions are increased regulations incre- and and all it does is honestly a lot of times allow them to hide stuff even better where this where the mad solution is like maybe when they know that a product's going to kill somebody they shouldn't sell it and they <laughs> still do it like that's a crazy idea you know don't don't do that
1: yeah yeah so rather than also just so i think uh if while this is a, a ranting of a segment sort of thing, I like that. That's a, I, I just would ask everybody listening to seriously consider it. Like, do you, and then do you have the ability to advocate for that, that one, this one idea that, that maybe could start breaking, breaking apart the monopoly and then there's competition and then we move towards better solutions, um, the the other thing too is uh, I re- I'm so glad you brought up the novel solution. So like some examples, right? People still come to us and they say shipping containers, and I go, uh, you just have to really put your foot down and remind your potential clients that shipping containers are made for shipping; they're not made for housing. Like it's literally in the name, shipping container. So you're trying to what you're asking, what you're asking the shipping container to do is turn into something that it wasn't even intended to be, right? So, uh, and then the other, the other kind of solutions, you know, like hemp creed, while, while it's, it has all these amazing properties and everything like that. It just, I don't. Here, I got two things.
0: Um, the shipping
1: containers, like the answer is yes, it can be cool,
0: but don't think that it's going to be affordable. It's like if you had extra cars and you're like, we need boats, we'll make cars in the boats because they already have the steel and all that. And we'll just got to seal them up. Yeah, but it's not going to make a very great boat you know, even if it's free, it's not going to make the best boat. Um, and then hempcrete, which could be an awesome solution. It's not at industrial scale to be applicable at this moment. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, you can start it off as a novel approach. That doesn't mean it's going to be cheap because it's not at an industrial scale. You know,
1: one easy one that's so easy for everybody is can we design your house for you to live with less, but while at the same time feeling like you have? an abundant amount of space, right? So that 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 should be like a selling point for your firm is that you should say, "This is the reason why you're hiring us is because we are going to uh, design for you one of the most efficient floor plans that is uh, uh, that is conservative in square footage, but it's still very gracious and and liberal with the spaces." That you feel throughout right like again I always bring, I, I literally right before this podcast I was in a sales meeting with a potential client and I and I <clears throat> um, if you have the opportunity to build your house build your own house, I think you should because it helps you sell your firm but I, I bring it up every single sales meeting I say my house is eight bedrooms, five and a half baths and it is only 3,500 square feet and they go what it does not feel small I've been in it and then I pull up the website. And I show them, and they go, "Oh my God!" And I go, "That's exactly why um, I would. I'm, I'm hoping that you are wanting to hire a firm like ours. Ours, in particular, is because we have the talent and ability to do architectural tricks, basically, of of composing space in such a way that you get all of this functional space that you need, and then at the same time, it doesn't have to have excess hallways or excess just wasted space and, and stuff like that. And the- man, does it just it just It really, you can see them just sink their teeth into everything you're saying in real time. It's, it's amazing. Building on top of that, if you only build one house,
0: your own house or someone else's house, and obviously we're pushing the architect to build our course at architectsguide2.com. It then allows you to say like bringing our construction knowledge Mm -hmm. to that adds on top. And like, I like the saying that we have the ability to squeeze the most amount of value out of each square foot whether it's 500 or 5,000, that's what we're doing. We are literally producing value out of each square foot.
1: So yeah, that's what I got. That's my rant. I like it. I like it. You want a rant? Gosh, you almost took out all the energy from me. That's all right. So uh, I posted something in the Entree Architect community this week and it was, um, I was just asking if anybody else felt the way I was feeling, I've been feeling this week. I think the biggest... uh, the biggest issue that I ran into this week was um, getting caught in a weird uh, owner-architect-contractor um, triangle that isn't working. And it came down to uh, communication, uh, a, a difference, I think, in a communication, which is an article I'm going to get to here in a little bit. Um, but to set this up a little bit further, <clears throat> uh, basically, uh, right now, I feel w- what's going on is... Architects and designers, um, and even builders—I mean, just just, uh, just—we're being sandwiched in between a uh, group of clients, um, just clients in general, that um, are up against rampant inflation and rising mortgage rates because the Fed is starting to uh, increase rates. So the clock is ticking every day that they aren't building and have materials on the ground. They know. Because it's it's all the truth. Like the, the, everybody knows that all the prices are rising. They know that they are burning more money, and they, everybody has a fixed budget, right? So they have this immense pressure on them just from the uh, just from the free just from the market of, of of materials to get going as quickly as possible. So then they put all that pressure on you, and rightly so. That's your job. Your job is to move as efficiently as 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 possible. Um, keep them satisfied. Keep them happy and then you're and then on the other side of the coin you are up against this monopoly that i keep talking about about the planners and the building departments uh, <clears throat> who are also to have some empathy for them completely overwhelmed there's this whole great resignation going on right where, where everybody's understaffed and they are bogged down with a giant surge of people building and remodeling because of uh, COVID or like the wildfires that we experience in Colorado, so you're sandwiched in this in this very tough place, right? Your client is going to expect you, even if you set them up in the right way with 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 uh, expectations that I think are proper, which are telling them, "Hey, I know this is obvious to say, but I have zero control." Over these people, I can only put together the most complete, concise, clear set of construction documents and permit documents for you and do it in the most timely fashion. Get it off to the building department. But I have like, um, you know, you're not going to go pay and bribe people, obviously. Right. That, that That's craziness. Nobody's even suggesting it. But I'm just saying, like, if, if there <laughs> if there is some kind of solution, like, well, maybe that's that's where some people's brains go. So you have no control over over what over once that once you once you send send the drawings off, you have no control over that. And at the same time, your client is going to expect you to check in, try to hold them accountable to dates and times that they say they're they're going to get back to you with review processes and all of that. But but you cannot be pestering because you know that you have this is the you are this is not the only project that you are going to be working on in this, but any particular jurisdiction, like your relationship with that, with those, uh, public sector staff members is much longer, a much longer timeline than, than it is with the client. So you're in this weird, precarious environment, right? So all of that said, what I experienced was, and, and, and I, this article that I'm about to bring up, first of all, I just want to let everybody know, like this was written by a woman, this article was not written by a man. So, anybody who is getting any ideas about misogyny or anything, I specifically went to and, went and looked for an article like this that would be written by a woman to just like, that's nipped in the bud. Okay? Carol Kinsley goman PhD. Yeah. Title is, it's on LinkedIn, um, and this is the issue I think I was running into was different communication styles with different genders of people and... Um, it it, it it emails are cold, and so they just sometimes. I think you're going to find that you do not work well with certain people, certain genders, and it's just the way it's going to be. And uh, what can you do to maybe alleviate some problems? So her title is: Are there gender differences in workplace communication? This was published uh, five years ago on July twentieth, twenty seventeen. So Carol, again, Ginsey Goman, PhD. She's a virtual and live keynote speaker, an executive coach, an author, all these awesome things. She writes, um, what have you noticed in your workplace? Are there differences in the communication style of men and women? And if there are, which style is better? In my research, interviews with business professionals in the United States, Canada, and Europe, men and women identified the same set of strengths and weaknesses in themselves and each other. I found that there were obvious strengths and weaknesses in communication styles of both genders. And, of course, I also realized that for any set of generalizations, there are many individual exceptions. As you compare your observations with my findings below, uh, much of what people call communication style was determined not only by verbal communication, but also by their body saying, and goodness, I am not recording. I should be recording this because for the YouTube folks. So, I'm going to pull that up while we... uh, while we get into like these top so she's calling him the top three communication strengths for females are, this is all from her. Number one, the ability to read body language and pick up nonverbal cues. Number two, good listening skills. Number three, effective display of empathy. Top three weaknesses for females, overly emotional. Number two, meandering won't get to the point. Number three, not authoritative. Top three communication strengths for males: physical presence. Number two, direct and to the point interactions. Number three, body language signals of power. Uh, and then the top three communication weaknesses for males: number one, overly blunt and direct. Number two, insensitive to audience reactions. Three, too confident in their own opinion. So I've been reading some of the comments. Um,
0: a lot of a lot of positive like comments. like from because it's a post, right? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. And I, I've heard of this phenomenon before because it's a real thing where there will be coaches or people um, that will, will on both sides say, uh, will give a class or a lecture to males and say, hey, generally, if you're having problems, you might not be empathetic enough. You need to think about perspectives, things like that. Same thing with females is, hey, you have to be authoritative. You have to ask for a pay raise, you know, all this other stuff, right? It was one comment that, but one of the biggest things is that what I have heard is that females say when they do that, then they are labeled uh, the the B word. Yeah. Right. And there was a comment about if, if, this. if they become assertive. Yep. Yeah. There was a comment about this that I think might shed some perspective. So this is a female who says, "I don't understand why why me having a blunt, direct, masculine communicative style makes me a cold." B word, but yeah. I'm aware of the problem. Well, <laughs> you the that communication style is part of the male weakness. Like if you're gonna switch over to the other side to communicate, don't take their weaknesses, take their strengths.
1: Yeah, you know, um, just an observation from the comments. So the reason why I brought this up is because I I think it's some you you might you might have a series of bad interactions with doesn't matter who whether it's uh you know a consultant literally maybe a client um maybe a uh maybe it is a general contractor maybe it's a general contractor's wife and you might find yourself like perplexed by what is going on for instance if you're like me and you're answering questions yes no no sorry very just short blunt and, and direct yes blunt and direct <laughs> because you're 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 just trying to you're just following this genetic, um, n- natural sort of way of being. If 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 you know yourself, like I think I know myself, that that's me. That's my communication style.
0: You're in a stressful situation. You're defaulting to one of your innate characteristics. Bingo,
1: it's it's like a fight or flight thing. Yeah, literally, sure. genetic, literally DNA, like hundreds of thousands of years, right? If you find yourself perplexed, like I am, then I want you to just remember this episode and remember this article and 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 refer back to it and see if there's anything you can pull out of it with the strengths and the weaknesses that I've identified by this very smart woman with a PhD who wrote the article. So the last thing I'll leave you with, if you find yourself in this state of just anxiety because you're like, gosh... I f- have you, maybe you've even brought the, maybe you've even showed the emails, or whatever it was to like coworkers and been like, was I in the wrong here? And maybe they've even given you an objective like, ah, it really appears that he/she went off the rails and you were fine or whatever, you know. Right. So last thing is, uh, so. But the one thing I'll leave you with too,
0: just going from that comment, is that like, regardless of your of your sex in the communication weaknesses on both sides, no matter what side you're on, you might be like, you might be triggering the other person regardless. Inadvertently.
1: Yeah. That's exactly it. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so last thing she says is so a, so male or female, the trick is to know when your communication sc- style is an aid to success. And when it becomes a deterrent, comparing your strengths and weaknesses to these gender, generalized gender differences is one place to start and enlarging your repertoire of communication skills so you can employ strategies that are most effective under various circumstances definitely gives you an advantage and it's so critical right to everything that you're doing i mean if if we, if if we're not communicating effectively in a positive way nothing's going to get done
0: also too, it if you can notice this pattern maybe maybe it's a hey we need to we need to stop cool off Um, because uh, Reset Reset Rethink about how we're going to communicate So uh, here's from the article A person's ability to hold their emotions in check Keep a poker face Is viewed as an advantage in business Uh, Female tendency To show (laughs) their uh, Oh okay Uh, When a female can't read a person's uh, A person that she's talking to It might lead to being anxious So it's like Let's say you are doing what you think is good. Yeah. And it might be, you know, like keeping your emotions checked, that, that could be a good thing.
1: You might be triggering, right? Inadvertently. Yeah. It, it, that's my point is like, it's, <laughs> it, it's okay. I think it's, yeah. So just, just take that for what it's worth. I think there's a lot of value in what, that, what, this, what this gal has uh, put together for people. So um, anyway. All right. Now it's time. All right, now
0: it's time to bring down the crew for A.R.E. Jeopardy. Bye-bye. All right, question number one. <clears throat> this is a special episode. Even the architects are playing, so they should win. They should win if they don't win. I don't know. Hmm. Take their license and give it to the person that wins. That's what's going to happen. The the stamp goes on their desk for the next week. You have to ask them for your stamp back. <laughs> this is happening. <clears throat> Question number 1. Which of the following list which on the following list is not an approved material for fire blocking? So which one is not approved for fire blocking? Is it A, 2-inch nominal lumber? B, bats or blankets of mineral wool insulation? C, bats or blankets of fiberglass? Insulation or D, MDF board. Hmm. Doo, doo, doo. Hold him up. <coughs> B, C, 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 D. The correct answer was D. MDF board is not.
1: Seems, seems pretty combustible.
0: Pretty combustible. You get like lot of two inch lumber, insulation is. Yeah. Yep. Well, listen to this. Number two, combustible Insulation such as cellulose must be separated not less than how many inches from recessed luminaries, fan motors, and other heat producing devices. Have you ever seen that where it's blown in and then they make a little boop, boop, boop for the lights? I've seen that. Uh, is it A, two inches, B, like in an attic? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Keep going. Sorry. A, two inches, B, six inches, C, four inches, D, three inches. It's probably going to be a guess for most people. I would. It's deep in the code. This is a deep one. B-A-B-C-D-C. Correct answer, guess, is D. What do we got for scores? Zero.
1: One. Ooh. What the hell, architects? <laughs> oh, what, what do you have? Zero. Zero. What the heck? Okay, here we go. Number three, what of the following is one site feature that likely isn't necessary to be preserved on site? A, existing structures, B, landforms, C, vegetation, D, circulation systems, E, water features, F, furnishings and fixtures, G, decorative elements, H, subsurface archaeology.
0: Isn't likely to be (laughs) preserved.
1: Which of the following is one site feature that isn't likely necessary to be preserved on site? A, existing structures. B, landforms. C, vegetation. D, circulation systems. E, water features. F, furnishings and fixtures. G, decorative elements. H, subsurface archaeology. <laughs> G, 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 F, D. F, the correct answer is A. <laughs> <laughs> what? Seriously, that. Existing structures. Apparently they're they're the only one that isn't likely necessary. Everything else was likely necessary. ARE crap. crap. What is this? Some ARE study guide, I can't even remember. Uh, Like
0: but you know they're like, Oh, it's maybe necessary, but not likely necessary.
1: Okay, we're still (sighs) only people have one maybe? One. All right. Which of the following cities is the best example of a radiocentric pattern? A. Richmond, Virginia. B. Washington, D.C. C. Detroit, Michigan. Or D. New York City.
0: That's an easy one.
1: It should That's be for easy. you. It should be for you. Yeah. Uh, which of the following cities is uh, the best example of a radiocentric pattern? A. Richmond, Virginia. B. Washington, D.C., C, Detroit, Michigan, or D, New York City. This should be pretty easy if you pay attention to architectural history. D, B, C, B, D. The correct answer is B. Washington, D.C. Wait, who got that? So you won. Jason. Jason wins. Where are we going to eat? Okay. Oh. I like it. Barbecue it is.
0: Barbecue it is. Uh, let's eat. I, I got nothing. To check out ArchitectsGuide.com.
1: architectsguide2.com Lance if you like this episode please share it with a friend a colleague your mother if you're watching on YouTube make sure you hit that like button leave us a comment and subscribe we'll see you next week